Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin and the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. And today I have with us Asher Brewing Company, Kate Dortenzo and Ariana Graciano. Um, and they're located at a Boulder, Colorado. How are you doing today? Um, we're great. Um, the sun's finally out. <laughs> so um, that's exciting. Um, but yeah, everything's just chugging along so far today. Well, and you know, I want to get into the story and the beers that you have and, and what you guys do as a brewing company. But I think, you know, we, as we've sort of rescheduled the, the podcast and the recording, I think one of the most amazing things that we have to deal with, with entrepreneurs, um, not amazing when they're happening, but when we've been able to solve them and fix them, they're one of the most amazing experiences we go through. So you're dealing with a keg cooler being down and and having to get that fixed and, and 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 deal with that. So as you know, the general manager of the business, you're now in the middle of this dealing with it right as we speak. And so how do you go about dealing with it? I mean, tell us a little bit about what happened, how do you adjust your business and how do you keep moving forward? Um <laughs> well it it was kind of um a surprise fluke, um, but the work has just taken longer than we expected to complete. Um, Honestly, the the weather was kind of on our side. It's been pretty cool, kind of chilly here for the last few days. So honestly, we just opened the back door to the brewery and um, used a fan to just kind of attract the cold air inside <laughs> so so the beer actually stayed um reasonably cool um which was all well and good um but you know i i think to your point it's just the constant balance of you know just multitasking and just trying to keep daily operations going you know and problem solving when you can um so it's it's worked out. Um, it's back online now. So, uh, fingers crossed. Um, it'll just, uh, it'll just resume normal, uh, all normal functions. (laughs) So we'll see. And so, um, Kate, tell me about your background and how'd you get into being the general manager of Asher Brewing Company, which as a side note, the owner's name is Chris Asher, which is why it's called Asher Brewing Company, but how did, what was your journey in order to lead you to where you are? Um, so I, I'm originally from Ohio, actually. Um, I'm from Cleveland, um, and I moved out here almost three years ago now. Um, and at the time, I had a job in marketing, and I was also working for Fathead Brewery. I don't know. Um, if you're familiar with them at all, they're um, a mid-sized brewery, um, but they're predominantly just distributing on the East Coast. I'm not sure they've really made it out to Colorado yet, but um, I kind of uh, got my foot in the door in craft beer um, at Fatheads, and then when I moved out here, I decided, you know, maybe I can put both of those things together and and actually you know, make this my career. Um, and it just kind of, it just kind of happened. It was great. Um, I started off bartending here, um, at Asher. And then when my manager at the time left to go back to school, um, I just kind of stepped up and started working in the office. Um, and I've been here ever since. So it's been, it's been a dream really. (laughs) And uh, okay, so you know, beer is sort of now your your background and and what you specialize in. But I mean, what lessons as a general manager? I think it's just so important. I mean, you've gone from the bartender to the general manager. I mean, now you're managing payroll and scheduling employees and and things like that. I assume. So I mean, how has that changed for you? And 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 what about the learning curves and things like that? Um. There definitely was a bit of a learning curve, I think, just because um, we are a small business, you know, so it's really um, just, you know, me wearing 
um, a bunch of different hats, so to speak, um, as does Ari, um, because she's handling all of our front of house stuff, um, which helps me out a lot. Um, But it was definitely, you know, new at first, managing people comes with its ups and downs. (laughs) Um, But I would say I definitely learned a lot, um, and it's been my goal to really, you know, keep our staff um, really tight. Um, we, we like to have, you know, more of a family atmosphere here um, with our employees. I think, again, with a small business, that's crucial. You know, you need everyone to be happy and, and engaged um, because everybody truly is so important um, at the end of the day. So um, it was definitely difficult at first, but um, I, I'm really happy with our, our team. Um, everyone who works here um, has been here for a while. Um, and, um, I consider everyone on my staff, uh, to be friends, you know, as well as coworkers. So, um, we, we try to just keep everybody happy and honest and, um, it's been great. And so, I mean, you're working for the entrepreneur, right? So Chris is the entrepreneur. I mean, how, I mean, what is the relationship like with him? I mean, you're also, you're as a general manager, you're trying to execute his dream and his visions and things like that. So, I mean, is it something you communicate with him on a daily basis? I know before we start recording, you mentioned he still brews all the beer on a weekly basis, but I mean, we've never really told the story on the podcast, what the perspective is, is working for the entrepreneur. So tell me about like that. And, and, and because it's a totally different view of things. Um, it's interesting. I mean, yeah, he, he, he still, he brews, you know, full time. He's, he's the only, um, individual back there in the, in the, brewery for the most part. I mean, I will occasionally assist um, with certain production tasks, but um, for the most part, it's just him. So I think at this point, um, we've been working together for a while. So I, I have a really good sense of, of what he wants me to do. Um, and I just kind of, um, you know, run the show in the office. Um, and I'll, I just bring things to him as they need to be addressed. Um, sometimes, you know, it can be difficult depending on his schedule. Um, and, and with production, it's not always easy for me to pop back there and ask him, you know, his thoughts on, on certain things. But, um, for the most part, I feel like we've, we've built a really solid partnership, um, just because at this point we're pretty used to each other. I've been managing now for over two years here. So um, at this point he trusts me, <laughs> which is always good, you know. Um, and I have been working here long enough that I, I understand kind of the direction he wants to go in. So um, I think at this point we, we complement each other really well because he um, – he, you know, just wants to handle production, um, and then I do a lot of the back-end stuff um, and a lot of the operations stuff, um, and he's happy with that division of labor, really. So, um, you know, it's just I, I think sometimes we, um, we face probably challenges that, that a lot of small businesses do, you know, as far as competing with um, – other breweries, you know, there's a new brewery now on every street corner. <laughs> so we're, you know, we're, we're constantly trying to, um, you know, just promote what we have going on. That's, that's special. Um, but so far, uh, he's stood the test of time We're we're going on 10 years now, which is no easy feat. So, um, he knows what he's doing. That's for sure. Well, that's amazing, actually. I didn't realize you guys were that old, and 10 years is is an accomplishment, especially as a a small business, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, Just, you know, in the time that I've I've been here, we're actually in the same business park as Avery, Um, you know, and they're they're not small (laughs) at all. Um, And so, uh, but just in the time that that I've been here, I've seen um, two new breweries open up in gun barrel 
just in the time that I've been working at Asher. So, you know, it's, it's a saturated market. That's, that's for sure. Yeah. It's kind of incredible. It's almost like in the two big booms, I think going on in Colorado right now are marijuana dispensaries, obviously. And then also microbreweries such as yourself, because Oh yeah. And, and not while they go hand in hand. It's just that there seems to be a boom in the industries here and there seems to be enough beer, apparently drinkers to go around for everyone. Because I know down here in Littleton, Colorado, I mean, there's literally, I mean, one of the biggest ones, which is Breckenridge, uh, which is right down the street from us brewery, which I think they would be in Breckenridge, but they have a big location right here. But then we have all these microbreweries around us. I think there's 11 of them. Uh, seven to 11 of them. I can't remember the number. I'm mixing it up in my head, but they're all surviving. And so there is, you're right. There's this huge competition and while there's competition, they almost all promote each other because from what I've seen or people I've talked to, they seem to be loyal to either loyal to one or they kind of bounce around all of them because they've become sort of these wine, uh, wine, beer connoisseurs that want to try all the different microbreweries and they sort of do these circuits and they try different beers every night and things like that. So it's, it's interesting. I'm not sure if it's that way up in Boulder, but I do know that it's pretty easy now to get like a brewery license, uh, if that's what you call it, and to start a brewery if you have the capital. And so, I mean, how do you differentiate yourself in that market? Is it, is it, do you focus on the flavor of the beer? Well, for us, um, I mean, we, we definitely play the small business card. So, so we do to your first point, um, we certainly do, um, try to try to work alongside, um, the other breweries that, that we are closest to. Um, cause I think, you know, you're stronger together, right? <laughs> um, so, so certainly, um, we, we try to support all of our other, um, friends and neighbors here. Um, but, but really what, what we have going on, um, that's special, um, truly just, um, in the state of Colorado, um, is that uh, we are the only certified organic brewery in the entire state. So it's certainly a niche. <laughs> um, and that's, that's really the angle that we, um, you know, push oftentimes is, is not only, um, you know, are we brewing craft beer, um, but it's also totally organic. So, um, you know, for all the folks out here who are um, really concerned with, environmentalism and, and being sustainable, um, we fit right in. Uh, that, I mean, that's incredible. Uh, I didn't even know, um, there wasn't others actually. Um, and the fact being organic, it reminds me of sort of like the brewery laws that are in Germany, the purity laws and, and how good the beer is because they stick to the purity laws. And it's the same thing with organics. I, I believe your beer is probably exceptional because of that, because it's all natural, because there's not the artificial things that go into pesticides, herbicides, all of that type of stuff. So um, what are the type of beers that you guys offer? I mean, do you do seasonality specials and, 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 and how does all of that work and how do you decide? Um, we, we, we do have seasonal styles. Um, we, we actually have four flagship beers um that we keep on tap all the time um just for consistency's sake and then we have a rotating list of seasonals um that we'll kind of rotate through um throughout the year so um you know we'll we'll brew some darker styles in the winter time um in the summer we'll we'll do more um like some fruitier lighter options um but being organic too, um, it's kind of interesting. We are slightly more limited based on uh, various suppliers, right? Because we don't have the same variety, especially with hops, that um, other breweries have just using conventional crops, you know? So um, sometimes um, it's a little frustrating. <laughs> so, so sometimes um, it's, it's harder for us to kind of jump on the bandwagon um, with beer trends simply because I can't, 
I can't find the organic hops that are needed to produce certain styles effectively. Um, but that being said, it's kind of a double-edged sword because, you know, some, sometimes we are limited um, with variety, but also what we do have, we do really well. And there is still um, a pretty big variance um, with the stuff that we are able to produce. So um, it's kind of a cool thing um, because certainly we love we love brewing organic beer, but it but it definitely can be difficult at times to find certain ingredients. And so, um, tell me about so for example, what kind of beers do you have on tap right now, or or what are they? What are their names and stuff? Because I love the names. Yeah. <laughs> That, that's the best part, right, um, is, is, the, is naming the beer. Um, so right now we have four, our four flagship styles. So we have our green lantern Kolsch, and that's just a light German-style ale. Um, we have our tree hugger Amber. We have our green bullet IPA. That's actually our top-selling beer. Um, and then we have our Green Aid Double IPA. Um, and then for seasonal styles, we have our Ginger Bomb Ale, which is probably um, everyone's favorite seasonal here in Boulder. Uh, we get a lot of folks who come in just for that beer. Um, so it's, it's really popular around town. Um, we have a uh, Coffee Kolsch. Um, we call it our Cafe Kolsch, and that's made with organic fair trade beans from a coffee shop here in Gun Barrel called Ampersand Coffee. Um, we have a tart cherry Kolsch, um, which is kind of nice for the warmer weather. Um, and then we have our Conscious Cacao Chocolate Porter, and that was made with pure liquid cacao from Chilaca. And Chilaca is based here in Boulder as well. So, so we try to partner up with other local companies um, to circle back to your point, you know, about um, small businesses supporting other small businesses. Um, so we try to make that possible um, whenever we can. Um, and uh, normally we have eight different beers on tap. And so, okay, so do you, you don't serve food, I assume. You're just a brewery, is that correct? Correct. Sometimes um, for special events, we'll try and um, get food trucks um, here, um, but we do sell some snacks. And then um, since we don't have a food license, um, we're totally cool with folks bringing in food. So people order pizza. They get pizza delivered to the tap room all the time. People can bring, um, you know, picnic baskets, stuff to enjoy out on the patio. Um, that's totally, totally cool. We're fine with, with folks bringing in food. And that's so cool, actually, because, I mean, you just accept anything in there and then people can drink. I mean, there's other states that you have to serve food if you serve alcohol because whatever they're thinking. But if you allow people to bring it in, I mean, the whole other bit of licensing and trying to figure out, and I love that Colorado just allows the breweries because it enables other businesses and that just concentrate on food to succeed as well, like food trucks, as you mentioned, and things like that. So, um, you know, what, I mean, are you open for lunch? I mean, what are your hours and, and things like that? And if you don't mind, actually, let me take a step back. What is your website and what is your, where can the audience find you on social media? So our website is just www.asherbrewing.com. Um, Facebook, um, we do have a Facebook page, just Asher Brewing Co. Um, and then on Instagram, our handle is just Asher Brewing. So um, we definitely have a social media presence. Um, you know, we're not huge. Uh, we, we definitely are more of a local spot, but, but again, that's, definitely the vibe we're going for um we like having more of a low-key friendly open space you know you can come in there's space for you to sit down hang out you can hear yourself talk <laughs> which is cool you know you're not um you're not battling for bar space or um you know you're not struggling to hear um your friends during a conversation um we we definitely like uh, 
um, playing the local business card. Yeah, I love that as well. I think it's just so important to, for people to understand that when they're coming to places like yours that they're investing in the community as well. But I mean, I've got to imagine that people, I can't imagine why they wouldn't in a place like Boulder go out of their way for organic food because clean food is so popular up there and health food. And there's so many food businesses up there that are clean label and things like that, that I've got to imagine it drives quite a bit of traffic your way. Well, yes and no. I mean, um, it's funny. Um, I was actually on a podcast a, a few weeks ago, and, and um, we were talking about this. Um, I think that organic food and natural food, um, you know, is one thing, but those trends haven't necessarily caught up to craft beer. You know, if you look at the craft beer landscape, it's still very much driven by rapidly expanding brands and certain style trends, you know, how many crazy styles can we push out this month? Um, and that's kind of what's driving the industry right now. And, you know, for us, because we are organic and because of certain limitations with ingredients, um, we can't necessarily do that. So we, we definitely draw a crowd. Um, we have, you know, a lot of repeat customers, which is cool. Like in the summer, certainly we get um, tourists in the door, but um, we definitely have a really solid group of people here in the community that um, frequent our brewery because they do care about the organic side of things and they just like the, the vibe in the tap room. So it's it's kind of funny because we're we're certainly not struggling at all, but it's just, if you look at trends in natural foods versus beer and wine and even spirits, you know, just people don't care as much about organics yet with alcohol um, is kind of what's happening now. And can you, what, um, when you're talking about the different styles, are you talking about just sort of the, the, I mean, describe what you mean a little bit in the trends for beer, because I don't think all the audience can really grasp um, what you're talking about. I mean, tell me about what are some of the trends you're talking about in terms of these, I don't know, I guess, abnormal flavors, or at least I think that's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, you know, so like recently we've had the hazy IPA trend. Um, we have the brute IPAs, so you, um, meaning like IPAs that have that dry um, champagne-esque quality. Um, you know, you have these crazy sours, you have these crazy flavor combinations. Um, really, there's just um, a desire to kind of push style limitations. So like the crazier, the better. And, and I'm not by any means saying that's bad. I obviously I'm an avid craft beer drinker. So I drink a ton of beer that's, that's not organic. You like, you know what I mean? I, 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 I think it's a cool, um, it's a cool thing to explore pushing, pushing style limitations. But, um, for us, it's just not as easy to do because we can only use certified organic stuff in the beer. Um, so it's just a little bit harder for us to really push the envelope. Um, and we do come out with um, interesting beers, um, but it's just we, we, can't quite, we can't quite deliver a constant, evolving, you know, crazy daisy chain of, of new stuff. Well, and I think it's interesting. I wonder, and this is just an assumption that I'm making, but I wonder if a lot of what's going on is because of the massive amounts of competition that people are trying to go to all these creative extremes in order to differentiate themselves, where you're already differentiated because you're organic. It's just not with the sort of pow that these crazy weird flavors are coming out with. I mean, and it's, I mean, it's kind of interesting because I am a person that likes variety and likes trying new things and, and all of that. But I also am conscious about what I'm putting into my body for the most part. So the organic thing does mean a lot to me. And I actually, you know, 
I knew it once I reached out to you guys and have been familiar with it up in Boulder because Zoe, my stepdaughter, is up there in school. But I didn't even know there was an organic brewery in Colorado. And you being the only one sort of puts that all into perspective. And, you know, why is someone not doing it? Because everyone wants to take the easier road so they can create all these crazy flavors. But you guys are taking the harder road. And what I want to do, especially on this podcast, is expose that like you're doing something different. You guys are actually the only organic brewery in all of Colorado. That's a big deal. And and anyone who cares about that stuff or, or wants to be conscious of it, like, you know, they should be aware of it. And so my question is this. Can people only get your beer at the brewery? No, so so we do have um, an outside sales manager. So we 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 do have um, retail accounts and restaurant accounts, um, kind of dotted all over the front range. Um, so you know, in Boulder, you can get our our cans um, in liquor stores. Um, we have a lot of restaurant tap accounts. Um, so we are kind of out and about, but. Um, you can really only sample everything that we have to offer here at the tap room. Okay. So do you put beer both in kegs and in cans then or in bottles or how are all the, I mean, cause that's so many different production lines. I'm just curious. I know <laughs> there's so many options. Um, yeah. So right now, um, I mean, we predominantly just have kegs, um, Simply because, to be honest, that's most sustainable, right? You buy the keg one time and you reuse it hundreds of times and it's it's lifetime. Um, so as far as sustainability goes, um, we, we really just um, focus on delivering everything in kegs. Um, but we do can two of our styles right now. We can the Green Bullet IPA and the tree hugger amber and then um sometime in june we are actually going to start canning our green lantern kolsch which will be perfect for the summertime um but um aside from those two soon to be three can options um it's mostly kegs and and i love that so if i'm just a who I am, Justin Bizarro, and I need a, I'm throwing a party at my house. I can just go in there and I can rent a cake from you guys in a tap and then put a deposit down and all that. And is, or do I have to be a business to do that? Nope. You can totally, you can totally buy a keg. <laughs> we have a lot of people who come in. Um, yeah, they're either throwing a party. Um, it could be a wedding. Um, or maybe you have your own kegerator set up at home. Um, we have a lot of folks who like to come in and, and buy kegs. Okay, so that brings... I'm going to go back to... I asked you about all the varieties of beer, but I actually want to... I mean, you've been in this business a long time, so what actually... I mean, obviously the brewing's different and, and, and all of that, but, you know, it's like wine. I mean, you could say Merlot's different than uh, Cabernet, but... So in beer, I mean, how do you, I mean, do you aim to, to make an IPA and you, in like, so tell me a little bit about that. Like the difference in sort of subcategories of beer, you have IPAs, you have stouts, you have, I can't remember, I'm not going to pronounce this at all correctly, but Grouch and, um, but uh, the Green Bullets and, I mean, what's the different flavor profiles? I mean, obviously you drink a lot of, microbreweries as you said and you try them in beers sorry microbrewery beers and um but what i mean what is the flavor profile and what's your favorite type of beer within that subcategory um yeah certainly so i so i guess um to break it down in kind of like an easy to to digest way so basically you have four ingredients in beer you have Malt, um, typically that's going to be malted barley. Um, so you have your malt, you have hops, um, you have water, and you have yeast. Um, so basically, um, different combinations of those four things produce your different styles. So here at Asher, we only use ale yeast. So everything we brew is an ale uh, versus a lager, to put it in perspective. Um, 
So, um, so we only have ales here. Um, and then as far as tasting notes go, um, for the most part, unless you're getting into sours and, um, like various wild yeast strains, um, which produce all the, the good funky, um, flavors that you want, um, for sours and, and some other more niche styles, um, you either have beers that are more malt forward when you're, when you're drinking them. So that would be, um, you know, like an amber or a stout, those nice caramel notes or those nice roasty notes, um, that all comes from the malt. Um, and there are different varieties of malt you can use to produce certain flavors. Um, and then you have more hop forward styles, which would be your IPAs or your pale ales. Um, so basically you're just putting a larger quantity of hops into the beer to produce those nice bitter, floral, earthy notes. And there are countless varieties of hops that'll give you certain flavors. So depending on what you're trying to brew or if you're adding fruit or depending on, you know, your flavor combination, you can pick a variety of hops that really complements those other ingredients. So it's, it's, it's interesting because it, it, it truly is an art. <laughs> um, and there are really countless combinations, um, which is kind of cool. Um, you know, if you're able to use just conventional ingredients, um, you really have the world at your disposal as far as what you want to throw into your beer. Um, but uh, personally, I like either really hoppy beers or I like really dark beers. <laughs> so kind of on, on two ends of the spectrum there. Um, but I, I definitely gravitate towards hoppy, hoppy styles or um, darker styles. And is it just because, I mean, I, I don't know the flavor profiles very well. I just, but is it just because they're heavier? I mean, I mean, Guinness is obviously a great beer. That's a, a, a stout, I believe, and a heavier beer. But if you were to step outside of the ales, is it still the same? Just because I'm, I'm trying to understand. So how do the hops actually make a difference in the beer also, I guess is my question. Well, hops have, I, I, I guess there, there are multiple components there um, with hops, but essentially hops have um, a couple different types of acids, um, and when those acids are activated in the brewing process, um, you get those bitter flavors. So depending on where you add the hops in the brewing process, you're going to get a different level of aroma or bitterness or um, flavor, you know? Uh, um, so, um, but like, like I said, there, there's so many types of hops. I mean, it, it, it really is a personal preference. Um, I think a lot of, a, a lot of folks are kind of polarized when it comes to IPAs. You either really like them or you don't. Um, and I've found that for some people it, it is kind of an acquired taste. Like the more IPAs you drink, um, the more you begin to like them. Um, but I, I think it's just like a personal preference or, or like a palate thing, you know, it's like even with wine, right? Like some people just don't like red wine, but they might love white wine or vice versa. Um, there are just so many different combinations with these ingredients that you can make to produce beer. So um, it really just comes down to someone's palate and someone, you know, the flavor receptors on your tongue, you know, something might taste good to you, but somebody else might not enjoy it at all. So it's kind of, kind of a crapshoot, I think, with IPAs, because I found that people either really like them or, or they, they really don't. <laughs> but, um, but um, we have a couple different IPAs here. So we have one that's more approachable for people who maybe aren't sure. Um, and then we have our double IPA essentially has double the hop addition. So it's much more bitter. It's a stronger beer. Um, so for people who really like hoppy beers, um, that's typically what we'll offer them. Oh, that's incredible. And that's a great description. Thank you. Because, I mean, while I understand it as 
but I, I, you know, it's funny as I had this conversation, I'm like, actually, maybe I really don't understand the differences because I don't even know, you know, I wouldn't even have known. I don't think people realize how much work actually goes into beer and diversifying it and in different subcategories as we talked about, which is why I wanted to ask the question. It's just, it's such an immense amount of knowledge. It's a science in and of itself. And it's pretty incredible. And so let's, yeah, Talk I mean, it's taken that. me, I've, I've been working in beer for a while. Obviously, I still don't know everything, but it's taken a long time <laughs> to understand, um, you know, really the complexities of, of brewing. Um, but a lot of it comes from me just working in such close proximity to Chris, you know, because he's been, he's been brewing for a long time. He actually started off teaching home brewing classes in college. So, um, He's really just like a little brewing encyclopedia, you know, so I'll, I'll ask him questions and he lets me help him out. Um, and he's really been a huge part of my experience just learning more about beer. So, so for that, I'm definitely thankful. Um, and that's, again, one of the cool things about this business being a small one is um, with me or really any of our bartenders, I always tell everyone, you know, like the more you want to know, just ask there's there's always room to to learn more about about the beer yeah i think it's amazing so you were talking about sourcing hops and and organic hops is that i mean is where do you i mean are they grown in colorado because i'm not i mean the climate all i can think of is bavaria and being in germany where there's hops growing all over the countryside but so Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah um so there are um smaller hop suppliers here, but, um, there aren't a ton of certified organic farms. Um, there are some who, um, grow organic, um, but unless they're certified, we still can't buy that product. So, um, we right now buy most of our hops, um, from various suppliers up in the Pacific Northwest, um, in the United States, Yakima Valley, um, is the biggest top growing region here. Um, so I, I think that's, that's pretty common, um, for, for probably most breweries in the United States. Um, a lot of our hops come, come from Washington, um, in that Yakima Valley area. Um, although I do know of, um, there are a couple suppliers in Montana, um, they're kind of dotted, dotted around, but, um, for us, it's just, you know, they're so, um, they're significantly fewer, so fewer, um, so many, so many fewer, uh, or organic suppliers. It's just, um, we would love to source locally that that would be the dream, but it's just, unfortunately due to supply and demand, right. Um, it's just not possible yet because, 99% of breweries don't want organic hops because the variety is just not there. So um, hopefully the demand will just keep growing. But um, for now, we get most of our hops um, from the Pacific Northwest. And I mean, gosh, there seems like such an opportunity there for an an entrepreneurial farmer uh, to do different varieties of organic hops, number one, and then any of the other ingredients that are needed for beer or, or diversifying beer in with the organic trends going on and people wanting cleaner pellets. I'm just, I'm still in shock. There's only one in Colorado, which is just, but no. I guess <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, oh no. I was just, I, I was just agreeing. I was just saying, I know it's, it's crazy. I'm just like, and it's, uh, I, it just, it blows my mind actually. And I'm, I'm really trying to wrap my head around this. So there's, while there's a heavily competitive environment, there's not the same natural things we demand in our food. It's not actually happening in beer. I mean, obviously you guys have your certification, which is important. You're going to keep that, but you're one of the only ones you're like the pioneer of it in the state of Colorado. 
And I'm just blown away that in the state of Colorado where people live this healthier lifestyle and are outdoors all the time and, and watch what they eat and clean labels and all that and being in food, it's, it's, you know, it's like California in, in some ways. And, but that people aren't like, I demand that type of beer. And it's just, and I wonder if it's coming, but I also am like, there's got to be someone out there that can grow the products that you need for your beer organically somewhere, even if it's indoors in aquaponics or hydroponics, which we have plenty of in this state growing marijuana. Someone can use those same techniques to grow the things that you need. So there's an entrepreneur out there right. listening. Right. I mean, and it's hard too because so we are a small business, but we actually have um, a pretty solid pretty solid production power. So um, just in the quantities that we need as well, you know, um, it's that would be hard for one newer local operation to, to fulfill. So it's just, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. And again, you know, this is just my opinion. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's just interesting because it seems to be just the, the trend in, in beer hasn't quite caught up to food, organic food. Um, but we certainly still have a lot of folks coming in who are so stoked that the beer is organic, right? Like that definitely makes people excited, but I, I'd say it's a pretty even split between people who come in just because they're like, Oh, here's another local craft brewery. And then you have the people who are like, Oh, this brewery is organic. You know, like it's still, it's still pretty split. That's amazing. Um, so uh, to change the topic a little bit, so what are the favorite things, uh, you know, that in your day, like being the general manager of a brewery, what are your favorite things you do during the day or about your job? Oh, um, well, I honestly, I, I would say that my favorite thing is, is probably just the variety. Um, personally, I, I get bored easily. <laughs> so um, I enjoy wearing multiple hats because my days are, are constantly really busy, um, you know, and I get to do everything from assisting with the brewing to handling operations to, um, you know, doing some light accounting work to organizing events to coming up with, um, you know, which beers, we're going to talk about and drink at our next taproom meeting to, you know, it's just like, it's an endless stream of, of jobs. Um, so for me, it's just been really cool just kind of acting like a sponge and really just learning about all aspects of the business. Um, I, I would definitely say I'm a busy body. <laughs> so, so I enjoy being able to, to do a lot of different things in the span of a single day. I, I think that's probably what's been most rewarding for me so far. And so that being said, what sort of motivates you and inspires you every day? Well, here, I mean, I think it all circles back to Chris's initial vision. I mean, we're the only ones doing what we're doing and he stood the test of time. Now we're coming on 10 years. So it's just, um, I, I believe in what he's doing as, does everyone else on our staff, you know, it's, it's really important to us. Um, I think that the message is there um, and we might be small, but we're not going anywhere, you know? So it's just, it's really just been a pleasure to be involved with somebody who truly is doing something different in craft beer in Colorado. Um, I just feel lucky to be a part of the business, you know, cause he, he is trying to, to say, look, beer should be organic too. Like it is important, you know? Um, and we're just hoping that little by little it catches on, but um, I'm definitely on board with, with the message and the work that he's doing. So um, I just feel lucky to be able to say, you know, I, I really like my job. Yeah. <laughs> um, not everyone can say that. So um, I feel, I feel really lucky to be living in such a beautiful place and, and be so motivated by, by my work. So it's been, it's been great. So, I mean, I won't ask you the things you dislike, obviously, but um, what are some <laughs> of the hardest things that, that you have that go on? I mean, that things that you have to deal with that have been the hardest for you to learn or, or really just something that you find challenging? Um, 
there are just constantly a ton of moving pieces. Um, and so as somebody who handles all of it, you know, it can be tough at times to keep track of, of various uh, initiatives, I, I guess is the best way to say it. Um, just on the back end, you know, like handling licensing, I'll be honest, is not necessarily my, my favorite thing. Um, we do go through an organic audit every year and it's kind of scary. Um, you know, not because the auditors are scary. They're actually, um, Colorado actually has a really, really nice, pleasant team, um, in the department of agriculture. Um, they're, they're really friendly folks, but you know, it is, it is kind of high pressure on my end. Um, the organic certification basically comes down to me having everything I need to have in a binder. So, um, you know, if I don't have it all, it's, it's, it directly reflects this, the materials that I'm collecting. So um, sometimes it can be high pressure since I know I'm the only person responsible for, for putting all that together. Um, but um, aside from certain high pressure situations, um, you know, it's just being small, just keeping track of licensing, all that good stuff can get kind of monotonous and it's, it's easy to lose track of, of certain things that you need to get done. But, um, so far it's been, it's been working. <laughs> We're still here. <laughs> so, um, so I, I haven't, I haven't let us down. Um, yet <laughs> we're, we're still checking along. Well, and you guys, I mean, just to, to compliment you, you guys have been extremely responsive as a business. I mean, I reached out over social media. I knew of you guys. And obviously I, one of the reasons I asked you guys, cause you are unique as a business. And I think that, um, Chris's vision of the brewery and what he's doing, I'm actually, I didn't know it was 10 years now, but I mean, he's obviously, envision this a long time ago and it's such a niche i i do believe that that being organic and and staying true to it and and i'm hoping through this podcast like more people hear what's going on here because i think it is important i think it is important that the same way we want it in food like i said before it's in our beer also and in our wine and and in things because being in the food and knowing agriculture and all the things that i know being a food and beverage entrepreneur in my lifestyle and sustainability and all that. Um, and through my businesses, I'm like, wow, this is, is important for the health of human beings and being in health food and all the things that I'm in. Um, you know, people be like, well, isn't beer just bad period? Well, it's not really in alcohol. There's a lot of pluses to it. And there's a lot of pluses to having organic alcohol, like you guys are doing. Um, and purities, just like in Germany, and health benefits to it where, it, you know, we're going to drink a beer, okay, so you're going to drink a beer no matter what, but if it can be organic, it's it's obviously all the better. So I think there's a lot to that, and, and as human beings, we process whatever was processed through through the plants or the animals. So I love what you guys are doing, really, so I think it's awesome. What is your favorite beer on tap that you guys have? If you could drink one beer um, every day, right. what would it be? <laughs> uh, okay, if you put it that way, I was going to say it's a toss-up, but uh, now that I'm thinking about it, um, if I had to have one of our beers every day, um, it would definitely be the Cafe Kolsch, um, our coffee Kolsch. Um, it's such a good beer. Um, essentially, it has cold brew coffee in it, but it's still this really beautiful, light, golden color. Um, so it's, it's still a really light beer, but it has all of those nice coffee, roasty notes that you'd expect drinking a cup of coffee. Um, and it is caffeinated, so um, it's the perfect beer for really any occasion. <laughs> I think. Um, and it's done really well. People, people really love it. So um, it originally was just supposed to be a one-off, um, but it became so popular that um, we've continued brewing it. And, and it brings me one question, but does, does it taste like coffee? I mean, yeah. a, I mean yeah. so that's pretty amazing. So you're also having to source... Is is it actually coffee that makes it the flavor? This is where I'm like, you know, it's like wine. You may not use those flavors, but you get those flavors out of it. So is that the is beer? You're actually putting the flavor in there. Yeah. So so we brew the beer. the The style at its base is really just our flagship Green Lantern Kolsch, 
But then we make actual cold brew coffee with organic fair trade beans. So it's real coffee. It's not, um, it's not a syrup. It's not a flavor extract. It's just coffee. And we just throw it in the beer. <laughs> um, but it produces this really lovely flavor combination. Um, and it's one of our most popular seasonals. So um, I love that beer. I could drink it all the time. I don't, obviously, but <laughs> I could. Um, so I'm, I'm always stoked to, to tell people about that one because, um, you know, like, like I was saying, even though we don't necessarily come up with crazy stuff all the time, for us, that one was kind of special. Um, and I think it's, it's definitely unique. I've, I've never had a beer like it before. Um, and when I have had similar beers um ours is better by far and obviously i'm biased but even thinking about it in a more objective way um our coffee kolsch is the best coffee kolsch i've I've ever tried so i didn't even realize there was a whole subcategory of it but i mean so you've obviously tried other ones are you a coffee drinker also is it like two of your favorite things have come together and become this powerhouse Basically, yes. Um, I try not to drink too much coffee. You know, it's a slippery slope out there <laughs> with caffeine. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I love coffee, especially cold brew coffee and iced coffee. Um, I prefer iced beverages as opposed to hot. Um, so yeah, so for me, it's it's great because um, I I definitely am a I'm a cold brew coffee drinker, so um, to have it in beer form is just like a bonus. Yeah, I can. You're getting the best of both worlds there. And so, what are some of the other seasonal brewers that you guys do beers? I mean, because you mentioned the seasonality. So, what are, I mean, do you do a special one for Thanksgiving and, and Christmas? Is it that way, or is it seasonal in the sense that it depends on what organic products are out there? It's a it's a combination of both. Um, typically, um, you know, for warmer weather, people typically want lighter beers. So I guess um, the word seasonal in this sense literally corresponds to like the like fall, winter, summer, spring kind of a thing. Um, because when it's warm outside, people don't want to drink a super heavy, dark beer generally, you know. So... Um, we try to roll out our stout once a year in the fall, and then that batch will carry us through all winter. Um, right now, we do have a porter on, that the chocolate porter, but it's, um, it is lighter. It's not super heavy, so even though it is warming up outside, um, it's still really pleasant to drink, um, you know, if you're sitting in the sunshine. Um, you won't feel like you just ate a piece of chocolate cake kind of a deal. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we, we try to come up with some, uh, fruitier options in the summertime. We've done, um, a wheat before that was brewed with oranges and limes. Um, so that's a really great summer seasonal. Um, we have a tart cherry kolsch on right now. So that's, that's a really good one for the summertime too. So um, we just kind of take a look at, at, at what's available as far as organic produce goes. Um, and then we'll kind of go from there, thinking about, you know, what do people want to drink this time of year? What do we have available? What have we brewed before? What could we change? Um, that, that kind of mentality. And so all that being said, what is, what's your most successful beer in terms of sales? The Green Bullet IPA, for sure. Oh, really? So that's why it's in the can yeah. then as well. It's not only kegged, it's in a can because the popularity? Yep, yep, exactly. So it's, um, it's probably a tie between the Green Bullet IPA, maybe a close second would be the tree hugger amber so um those are two styles that that kind of never go out of season <laughs> so to speak and do you guys do events then also like so okay you obviously have your brewery and then you put your beers into to restaurants and we talked about the two in retail but do you actually i mean i know there's tons of festivals in colorado and in and, and opportunities to serve beer do you guys go out and promote your product that way as well or, or is that not something you guys do oh 
Oh, no, for sure we do. Um, we actually just did our first festival of the season last week. Um, we were at the Boulder Theater, and we did the annual microbreweries for the environment event. Um, so, so yeah, so we, we do beer festivals in Boulder, Denver. Um, that really doesn't pick up for us until the summertime, yep. um, but we certainly do. I think... At least in Boulder, it is a priority this time of year for us because um, since we are in Boulder, um, those folks are really, you know, our home base. So it's it's always fun to get out and and tell people about what we do. And so um, I'm going to put so you on the spot. What okay. um, so what <laughs> festivals? What are your some of your bigger festivals? I guess I won't ask you all of them, but maybe if you know of them, you're sure to mention. But I want to make sure I tell the audience what festivals you guys are going to be at. Yeah, for sure. So um, we just did microbreweries for the environment, and that's something that only really happens in April. Um, but coming up here this month, um, we're doing. We'll be at a couple farmer's market, one farmer's market in Boulder um, on the 15th. Um, we are a um, an exchange point for the Boulder Beer Chase. Um, that's happening in June. Um, we're doing the Rocky Mountain Beer Festival in Louisville, most likely. Um, we might do the Denver Summer Brew Fest in July. Uh, definitely doing the Boulder Craft Beer Festival in August. Um, and then maybe in September, there might be one or two more. Um, and then we also might have like one or two more um, Boulder Farmers Markets in there. It just kind of depends on, on when they need us. But um, they, they rotate the Farmers Market with a bunch of other local breweries. So, um, But, yeah, we have, we have a really, really fun schedule coming up. So, and so um, we're hoping to get out. No, no, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I, I was just saying um, we're, we're hoping to kind of get out there and just talk to as many people as we can. Um, but um, it looks like we're doing about one big festival a month. So Yeah, but that's probably enough. But, you know, because I can't imagine what it's like to go set up at every one of those festivals and then try to serve all the beer and everything else. So do you go join the team for that or is it like you got to stay at home base? Um, no, I'll go. Um, our, our sales manager is really the one responsible for doing it. And it, it, it is possible to do alone. It's just to your point, it's a long day. Um, so typically we'll try to get at least someone else to go with him. Um, the, the bartenders, you know, while they're here, everyone's been working here long enough. Um, you know, I'm not even here on the weekends really like our, our bar staff is, is really solid. So, so they don't necessarily need, um, me here all the time. Um, so I'll, I'll help Taylor, our sales manager, um, if he needs me to, um, otherwise he'll go alone. Maybe a bartender might join him. We try to let everyone have a chance to work a festival because it is kind of something fun and new to do if you're, if you're used to being behind the bar. So we try to give everyone a, a chance to go out and, and have fun. Well, and it gives them a little bit diversity and appreciation and different perspective as well. I think that's that's awesome that you guys do that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It 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 just adds a new angle and it just it makes everyone more excited to really talk up the organic aspects, you know, um, like telling a new um, potential customer about that for the first time in a beer festival setting can be really fun if you've if you've never done it before. So um, I think it, it it definitely is a, a neat thing for for all the bartenders to do. So we 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 try to get everybody out there. Well, and Kate, I want to thank you for taking the time and responding and and taking the time to be on the podcast and do an episode. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I love doing this kind of thing, you know. Um, it's, again, just a cool, cool thing that mixes it up in my day. Um, but, you know, local small business to local entrepreneur like yourself, you know, it's just I, I think it is important that we support each other and um, we're always happy to – to talk to whoever's interested in, in what we do because we are so passionate. Um, I'm sorry that Ari didn't actually join us. She's actually attending to something in the tap room. Um, something came up <laughs> as it does. Um, she was needed over there. Um, 
but no, this has been great. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for inviting us to participate. Um, well, and it I'd was love a pleasure to- talking. I'd love to have you guys back on and do a part two. Um, and I'd love to do it sort of and give you guys time to think about it as we want to continue to tell everyone's story. But I'd love to sort of tell your guys' story of the festivals from the microbrewery perspective. So as you go through all these festivals, you know, keeping in mind what you would talk about on a podcast or the experiences or the ups and downs of setting up because it's not something we've done um, on a podcast, and I'd love to give you guys that exposure uh, just because you've taken the time to be on the podcast, and I think there's a great story that obviously we could go on for hours about just based on what the festivals are like, you know, each one and things like that, if you guys would be interested in that, as well as having Ari back on that episode as well to talk around about the tap room perspective of that. So sort of oh, like the sure. September yeah, time I mean, frame. I, I, I was going to say, hopefully next time, um, we would love to do that, absolutely, and, and maybe next time, yeah, we can give Ari a chance to, to talk about what it is she does, because she really does all of our social media, um, and she handles all the front of house stuff, so she has a totally different perspective, you know, on, on what it is that, um, that, that we're doing, which, which is kind of cool. Um, I've kind of taken the back seat. Um, as far as our social media goes to just kind of let her have a chance to, to really go at it because she is so creative. Um, so I, I would love to give her a chance to kind of speak more to, to that, but certainly, um, we would love to kind of think about that and then maybe we can do a part two. Yeah, I'd love that. And I already blocked off a section for you guys so we can actually launch it at the beginning of October, but we'll, we'll aim to do a recording in September. Uh, just so we can launch it around then. So that's in your calendar. So you guys have it, uh, your part two. And I want the audience to know so they can look forward to it, obviously. But my last question for you as we wrap things up, and this is going to be a little bit of a tough one because, you know, all about all the entrepreneurs and, and it's a different perspective, right? We're talking about a little bit here is that if, you know, you're having success as a general manager, um, obviously, and, and things are going well for Asher Brewing Company. But if I'm an entrepreneur and I need to hire a general manager, what do you think as a general manager, the qualities of a person that you need to look for and, and the things that you're finding success in being a general manager? Oh, um, <laughs> that is kind of tough. Um, honestly, I mean, I think, I think most people would agree. I, ideally, it's nice to find somebody who's engaged and motivated from within, right? Like somebody who already knows your values and knows your mission and um, already jives with the rest of the team. I, I guess in my experience, um, my interpersonal skills have, have become the most crucial component within my management um, because obviously this person has to deal with, you know, so many personalities, you know, I'm also technically HR. So whenever we have, you know, any issues, that's me um, dealing with that. So it's, it's, I, I think ideally you'd find somebody who already gets along with the whole team because if, you know, that, that can make or break it. Um, but I, I think it really just comes down to motivation and, and recognizing what needs to be done and, and being able to work autonomously. Um, I know it's, it's hard to, to put your faith in, in somebody when they're handling so much of the business. Um, but just finding somebody who's kind of a go-getter and I found even like in all aspects of hiring, um, that's the hardest thing to find. Um, even for my bar staff, you know, like finding somebody who has, you know, just who has a sense of responsibility, who is self-motivated to do the things that we need him or her to do behind the bar. Um, I think that's that's probably besides interpersonal skills, <laughs> um, being motivated and, and being able to work autonomously and and work towards deadlines without somebody looming over you telling you to get these things done. Um, those are probably the most important qualities I could think of. 
Uh, and I appreciate that and the vulnerability, obviously, and the authenticity. And the other thing I want to say is I agree with you. You know, as entrepreneurs, I think we teach each other a lot. Um, we help each other a lot. And even in healthy competition, we learn from each other. And, and there's friendships amongst all of it to help promote each other, especially in, when you're in the same industries or or complementary industries. So, um I can't tell you how much I appreciate you guys taking the time and, and rescheduling. And I know you're in the middle of your keg cooler um, fiasco, but <laughs> I, it, it's okay. You, you were great. <laughs> and, and I thank you guys. And I encourage anyone who's listening in that's in Colorado, take a drive up, try Asher Brewing Company, uh, try their organic beer. Um, there is a difference and uh, I want people to try it. So, uh, please go ahead and do that and, and reach out to them and follow them on social media as well because I I love what you guys are doing on social media um, as well. And that's one of the other reasons I wanted you guys on the podcast. I think you're starting to gain some momentum and the exposure to the organic brewing is is pretty amazing. So I don't think yeah, people and, realize. Yeah, and like I said before, you know, that's all Ari. I mean, she has a little film camera that she comes in and, and works magic with. So um, so thank you again for having us. I I would love to, to get her really on, on the part two because I think she adds – she had so much to the business, you know, and again, she's, you know, one of my co-managers. So um, it's been it's been a pleasure to, to work with her and, and see her kind of grow and, and take on the responsibilities that, that she now has. So um, I, I would love to get get her on here next time, too, because she she really does a lot for us. So absolutely. And everyone in the audience, thank you guys for listening in. Uh, if you want to reach out to me, it's Justin at thefoodentrepreneurs.com. That's my email address. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Justin and the Food Entrepreneurs. Um, thank you everyone for listening in. Please share what we're doing here. Share the stories, share these entrepreneur stories and, uh, and help them out. Go visit, support small business, local businesses, because it's important. And in this case, support organic brewing, because I think it's a, a pretty cool thing that's going on here. And, uh, and while there's a lot of other cool things going on in brewing companies as well, I think the organic thing is unique and, and something that everyone should try. So thank you everyone for listening in and have a great day.